You're listening to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you conversations for the health of all things. In these special episodes, I am joined by guests on the show to explore how the osteopathic concept presents in their lives and learn about their personal and professional stories. Ranging from osteopathic physicians to those familiar with osteopathic treatment to those associated with osteopathic medicine in a variety of settings, these conversations provide new perspective on lighting the way for the path to best health. Please note that while I am a physician and may interview other physicians, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey back with an episode of Conversations for the Health of All Things. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Yinka Akinzeko, a family physician now practicing in Nova Scotia. She has developed a skincare range for women of color to tackle their common skincare complaints. I'm so excited to have you join us on the show today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is such, this is lovely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. So tell us about your story into medicine, how into family medicine, and what does your practice look like currently? So my story into medicine is a really funny one because I never wanted to be a doctor. (laughs) I was made to do it. So I imagined myself as an engineer or an aeronautical engineer um, because I was really good with my hands. But it's, um, it's such an honor thing in my culture. So my dad wanted me to be a doctor and he encouraged and pushed and prodded until I did medicine. And I remember being in medicine thinking, oh, I don't want to be here. But I found that everyone that was there just wanted to be there with so much passion. Their heart was in it. And I think they infected me because by the end I was, I was probably, I've just completely fell in love with medicine. And going through the, our rotations, you know, how you go to ENT, I wanted to be an ENT surgeon. Mm-hmm. You go to cardiology, oh, I was a cardiologist. And family medicine is the only specialty that gives you that. So you mm-hmm. don't know what's coming through your door. It could be a child. It could be an elderly person. They could come with an ear issue or a heart issue. So family medicine suited me perfectly. And that's how I got into family medicine. Mm-hmm. And um, my skincare story, how I got into aesthetics was at the end of my family medicine training, part of what my trainer was meant to do, which he did really well, was introduce me to other aspects of medicine that wasn't strictly clinical. And he talked to me about different things. He talked to me about hypnotherapy and they tried to get me into that. And it talked to me about aesthetics, right? He got me into a session where he was giving the patient Botox. And I thought, oh, this is really nice because I've always wanted to use my hands. So that's where I started. I was giving Botox and fillers. But most of my patients of color wanted to talk about skincare. Yes, they wanted a bit of um, a, a Botox, but they wanted to talk about um, dark patches, hyperpigmentation. How do I make my skin look better without necessarily bleaching or lightening my skin or without using unsafe products? And I started doing a, a Facebook Live, an educational session. So every Sunday I would do a session and talk about one part of skincare. 
And um, more and more people kept asking, you know, what do we use? Um, recommend the product. And that's what I did initially. I was recommending products until people just asked me to make products. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking into how to develop uh, my own skincare line. And that's how Dr. Yinka Skin was born. What a great story. And I want to go back to that beginning stage because you make such a brilliant point that sometimes we are born with the passion. We have it from an early age and sometimes we can adopt it, adapt it. And I love that you used the word, right? Be infected with it and welcome it in. Do you remember a point when you made that shift, when it no longer became this reluctant, I was forced to, and actually was, okay, I embrace this as well? That is such a beautiful question. No one's asked me, and it's a point. When you, when you ask that question, I actually got, got goosebumps because I remember where I was standing when that shift happened. And the story is there's, there was a young man in my class who I'm still friends with and if any of my classmates hear this story they'll probably know who I was talking about he was the flashiest character and he's still the flashiest character mm -hmm. you could ever meet um he was tall gangly would fill a room very charismatic would say the funniest things and he was seen as a kind of a joker so he was the play around person in the class and no one took him seriously and um, when we would have exams, they would put our results on the board and they would be with your name. I don't know if you, if you had that as well. So you would know what everyone got, the shame and the glory. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> so we had one of our um, um, tests and we the results were out. So we went to this whiteboard to look at the results. And I was standing next to this this um, classmate of mine, like I said, who's still my friend, still a very colorful, you know, person. And he looked at his scores and his scores were amazing. And, and he said his scores out loud. And I looked at his and I looked at mine and I'd essentially failed that course. Mm. And I looked at him like, how can you pass? You, 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 you don't even, bear, you're not interested in the class, you know? And he looked at me like, why wouldn't I be? That's my dream. I've always wanted to be a doctor. Everyone here is so passionate. They work so hard to get here. Why do you think I don't want to be good at what I do? And that moment changed me. Mm. I thought, if he can do it, then I can do it. You know, my, my ideas, my motivation, my love for the subject completely changed in that moment. And he doesn't know this. I've never told this story oh. to him. But, you know, I started working harder, studying harder for my exams just because of that moment. Wow, that's amazing. And what a gift. And to be able to internalize that and shift, like you said, and, and we didn't have our grades posted, but I can imagine all the feelings that came up from the shame, right? And the reluctance to seeing uh, inspiration and being mm -hmm. a step into it. That's amazing. What, what a great story. And I'm curious too, you mentioned your dad was a big driver of encouraging you, if we'll use that word, into medicine. What was it like to have then both of those, right? So you were doing it perhaps for him, but also for you, right? To be able to integrate those. What was it like? Do you remember graduation day? So I was doing, so I went into medical school angry with him. You made me do this. This is about you. This is not about me. You, this is for you. This is not for me. And in that moment, when I stood next to this 
um, this young man, I said to myself, medical school, I went to medical school in Nigeria, it's six years. I said to myself, I'm going to waste six years being angry with my dad, or I could go through these six years and achieve something for myself. So it was like a come to Jesus chat, just standing there and all the thoughts went through my head in seconds. Like you can decide to just be angry with him. And at the end, I had this dream of going through medical school and getting my degree and taking it to him and just flinging it in his lap and say, this is for you. Now I'm off to go do my thing like, a, you know, like a Hollywood movie. And I just thought, no, I can either do that and that'll be six years of my life or I could do this excellently and that moment I decided to do it excellently and I graduated um, on the provost list of my class so these are the best graduating students based on scores and um, and at that moment when I knew I was on that list it's just you know your brain just goes through everything like what a journey um, and it was a really happy day for me when I when I graduated medical school. I still remember the feeling. I had a red knee high boots on that day, <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I really loved it. It was a really great journey. I really enjoyed my time in medical school. Mm-hmm. And that's such an encouragement. We do have listeners at all stages of education, training, practice inside and outside medicine. So to remember, right, even that moment to see this exam score that could feel fatalistic. And some of my understanding of the process of medical school in Nigeria is it is like that, right? It's the weeding out and they expect many people not to continue and complete the program. And so to be able to rise through that and finish on the provost list in your knee-high red boots, what an amazing (laughs) journey. I love that. And so in family medicine, what does your average practice look like? You mentioned being able to have that range of patients all ages. Has it proven true? Do you seem to attract a wide range of a patient population? Yes, I have. So I've worked in two countries now. Um, I I trained in Nigeria, so I've got the experience of what Nigeria healthcare system is like. And I moved to the UK, so I worked in England uh, for many years. And then I moved to Canada, so I'm working in Canada at the moment. And the healthcare system in the UK and Canada is quite similar. So it's not private practice, um, it's provincially provided healthcare so you get patients, you, you, you don't have a choice. And patients are not booking based on what they can afford or not because it's provisionally provided healthcare. Um, so I get patients of all ages, um, all, all kinds of health conditions, all kinds of presentations, probably across different social strata, not like I would know. Um, so that definitely that... Uh, the family medicine has lived up to the image I thought it would be for me. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned addressing right this problem, this concern with the skincare line you've developed. And what I hear in there is connection, right? So you were hearing the patients and you were acknowledging their challenges and then finding solutions for them. And connection has come up a lot for me lately. And I'm curious if you have found that in other ways that have been really successful for you to connect to your patients and helping them find their health. I listened to your podcast about connection <laughs> today. Oh, I, <laughs> I was listening and taking notes, oh, right? Wow. 
And I, I remember when I was listening to that podcast, it's an amazing, it was an amazing episode. I, I, you said you'd, you'd had one before and that was the second one. Um, so the, the, the one about connection, I remember when you were talking and this thought came to me, there is always connection available, right? You, you talked about family and I, and I said, even in my head, I said, even if you didn't have great family, you can have connection with other humans. It's like you can have friendships. You can have really fulfilling friendships. You can have really fulfilling relationship with your family. So connection is a big thing for me. Um, if someone said, what's your passion in life is people. I just love people. And I think they get drawn to me because I like them. So I can sit down and listen to you talk about your socks for the next and I would ask oh tell me more so where did you buy when did and you know people connection is just amazing you just meet so many people you nurture you and you nurture them you fulfill your needs and you fulfill their needs and that's what many times business can be about as well so the the highlights of my business is meeting people and feeling that people can tell me what their problems are um, and if I can address them, the with skincare, starting my Facebook lives, and I was talking about different things. I might talk about acne, or I might talk about hyperpigmentation. It's not rare that I would get a message from someone that would say, "Oh, thank you for talking about that." Growing up, my mother called me ugly because I had this, or I've always felt not confident I haven't been able to date because I've got this and sometimes some of those things you can't help if someone's got stretch marks how much of stretch marks can you take away you might be able to reduce it maybe but you can't take it away so what do you do what do you do what do you say you build their confidence. You make a connection with them. You tell them they're beautiful. You, nobody's standard is the right standard. You know, you boost people. So that is the biggest thing about what I do. The people I meet, um, the way they're able to um, help me be po positively. And if I can help them back, that just makes my day. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for listening. Just came out, you know, as we produce this podcast as well today. And I love that you drew those connections from that. And absolutely, right? And it can be so challenging as a physician when we can't help, right? We don't have a solution, but, right, we can still offer ourselves, our time, our humanity to them in that yes. moment. And that counts. I was actually just talking with a colleague about that the other day when we can't make someone feel better or take their pain away or like you said, shift, right? The appearance of their skin. We can still be with them and meet them in that space. That's mm -hmm. so powerful. So do tell me about what it was like to develop this skincare line. What I hear is maybe engineering you, right? Got to have some moments or you get to bring that forward, that production and problem solving space. What was that like? So, um, so I knew what I wanted because I had been talking about skincare I've been talking about skincare complaints so I knew what I wanted I knew the ingredients I wanted I needed a lab um, a pharmaceutical lab because I wanted it to be high quality and um, that would make it for me so it was finding the right lab at the right price 
that would be able to make me the right volumes because I was just starting. I couldn't make a thousand. I couldn't make mm-hmm. 10,000. Um, and that journey was a long and emotional journey. It was not an easy one for me. Um, so, but I put the word out there. I knew once again, connection. If I spoke to the people that mattered, um, if I kept my ears down and my eyes open, I would find someone. And that's what I did. Funny enough, the company that ended up doing it for me was a company I'd met a long time ago and completely forgot about them. (laughs) And something made me look into it again. I'm like, oh, wow. They sent me samples. It was amazing. And and I, I just went with them. So I think that was the hardest part of the journey for me, getting a company that would make it. I love that. And I was thinking about the spiral of time, right? And so we passed back through. And of course, right, this, this opportunity had already presented itself, but you needed to be at the right time in your yes. consideration to step into it. And so how has it gone? You mentioned the emotional challenges. What was coming up as you were walking through this journey, which is so helpful, I think, as those who are in entrepreneurship are listening? So um, having a business is like having a child, Everything that you think about that happens with having a child is exactly the same feelings you get with having a business. Some days are amazing. You just can't imagine. Everything just goes perfectly. Some days nothing happened. In fact, many days nothing happened. (laughs) And some days the baby cries nonstop. No matter what (laughs) you do, you, you feel terrible. And I think it happens at every stage of the business, just the same way it happens with having a child. So I've got two boys now. The first one's a teenager. Oh, believe me, the teen, the early teenage years were not easy. They were not easy because he is the sweetest child in the world. And then the hormones hit and boom, like, who are you? Why do you live here? Why do you live? Why do you live in my house? Who are you? Where's my child? (laughs) My oldest is 13. So this is all ringing very true. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you something funny. My son, when he was nine, and he said to me, the one that's a teenager now, he said to me, why are teenagers so grumpy? I'll never be a grumpy teenager. I'll always be happy and make you happy, mommy. I'm like, yeah, that's my son. I love you too. I know you'll never be like that. And he wrote a contract. My son wrote a contract. And he said, sign here, mommy. I promise you I'll never be a grumpy teenager. Ooh, had I known. <laughs> Could have had that notarized, right? <laughs> and you know, it was it so it's the same with business, you know. Um, some days I've had days in February that were so good, and a couple of days later, phew, it goes the, my mood goes down again because not everything's going the right way. But you know, just like your child, you don't say, Oh, because you're grumpy today. Like I jokingly said, leave my house. No, you just, you know, you go through that. And then he comes through the other end. Like my son said to me, he said, mom, I can feel it lifting. I had like Mm. a weight on me. I can actually feel it lifting. So recently, in the last few, he's 14 now, in the last few days to weeks, he is hugging me every day like he'd normally do. So he's coming back when he's going to bed, he'll come hug me. Good night, mommy. Or mom, you know. So like just like a child, you're not going to give up. The good days are coming. 
um, and you just keep going and, you know, it gets better and it gets better and you hope that, you know, it snowballs and you grow and grow and grow. So I'm looking forward to my growth. It's growing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely growing. Yeah. And tell me about some of those success stories. So that helps, right? So those victorious moments with our kids, both dress for the rougher days. What have been some of the big moments? What have been those upswings with your business? When I started my business, I didn't have the money to pay for the first batch of products. But I knew I had built a, a sort of following by doing the Facebook Lives. So I approached a, free, a few friends that were also followers um, on my Facebook page and said, I'm building a skincare line. And could you support me by being one of the first people to order the products and when I get them I'll send them to you in a beautiful box with a handwritten note thanking you and all of that and I got more than enough people that I needed to just go with that batch Mm -hmm. I didn't have the products and I'd seen the samples I knew they looked great and that made me feel so grateful about that friendship connections. Um, like I, I got when I was listening to your podcast, it made me feel so grateful that there are people out there that they will not only say, I support you. They will bring out their, their wallet and their checkbooks and say, yes, I do support you. And I'm going to put money into supporting you. And many of those people still buy my products still today. You know, So that is one of the highlights of, of the business for me. Yes. And I love that you highlighted that and demonstrated too, that connection, right? It can be a thought. It can be a feeling. It can mm-hmm. certainly be an action as well. And seeing it come forward in that way is so powerful. So you mentioned, right, you're living in all these different spaces. When was the business conceived and born? You know, it, does it have dual citizenship as well? Has it been with you in your different locations? So the business is still still lives in the UK at the moment. Um, and that's my long-term plan that is going to live in the UK. The products are shipped, they're made and, and shipped from the UK. The plan, what I would love is to be able to understand what the Canadian um, skin care um, regulations are and then... Um, be able to send more products. I do have Canadian customers, but it's not um, it's not full blown. Mm-hmm. I have lots of American orders as well. The American apparently the American sector is not as strict as the Canadian skincare sector. I'm not sure, so I still need to look into it a bit more. Mm-hmm. But as it is now, it's still in the UK, lives and ships from the UK. Mm-hmm. And as we look at that idea around connection and having lived in one space and then moved, how are you maintaining those relationships virtually, which now all of us are navigating, right, in the time of coronavirus? What have you found to be successful for you in that, in you know, living in these different places? I think we're really blessed with the age that we live in now, that we've got everything. We've got Zoom, we've got WhatsApp, we've got Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse. So it's not as hard as it used to be to make connections. I still wish I could go see them. I would love to get on the plane. I love to travel. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not not as hard to, to keep 
relationships. In fact, I've got a general rule that if someone, if someone's name drops in my mind for whatever reason, sometimes you're walking, you see a dog. Oh my goodness, that looks like Jenny's dog. Immediately, I would text them. I would say, "Hi, Jenny. I just saw a dog that looked like yours," and it's become a thing for me. And another funny thing that happens to me, which I heard on your podcast, was dreams. People mm. appear in my dreams. And sometimes it's people I haven't heard from in a while. So my rule is if I see you in my dream, I message you and say, you turned up in my dream today. (laughs) It must mean I'm missing you, you know, I I just need to say hello. And for many people, you you don't know what they're going through. You know, they just say, oh, Yinka, you won't believe what's been happening to me. And, you know, then you have the opportunity to catch up and and, um, bless each other as you can. Mm -hmm. So... So we're really lucky that we've got all these platforms that we can connect via. Absolutely. And I love that. I'm going to internalize that message as well to take that moment, right? When it does come to your attention, actually reach out and offer that up to say, I was thinking of you. And that did come forward. So as you noticed, this void in the market. So people were coming to you with these questions and you were offering the information, which was already being acknowledged with gratitude for the support that you were giving. How did you decide that you actually did have the solution or could create one if you didn't have it already? How do you step into that space you know, of becoming the inventor of that product? So um, I, I have a business coach. So I have a business mentor, um, Dr. Una, who actually spoke about me creating my skincare line before I spoke about me creating my skincare line. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to do my injections. And then um, I think she said, well, so what questions people are asking, you know, why don't you put that in a Facebook live? So that was her um, that suggested that. And I said, okay, fine. I'll put that in a Facebook live. Um, I said that, like I said, yes. Okay, fine. I'll put that in a Facebook live. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't say, I said, why? I do that no one does that why do I want to be on the video no one wants to see my face no I don't want to be on the video and you know I fought it for a long time and I started doing it and then one day she said something like have you thought about your skincare line I said no she said okay fine that's okay you know and she never pursued it at that time and then with time you know she encouraged me and pushed me and I spoke to a few friends that I felt were supportive and they said, um, they think it's a good idea, you know, and that's how I, and that's how I got started. Mm-hmm. And so I have to ask, because there's such a reflection here of the original story. Have you come to the moment <clears throat> where it's not just her push and it has become also your passion? Have we made that transition point in this journey, just as with medical school? I'm in the process of making the transition. <laughs> <laughs> we need the classmate, right? The classmate. I know, you. <laughs> I, know I do. <laughs> um, I think um, it, it's like with with a child, you know, that analogy with a child where you keep thinking, oh, there's so much to do. I am not equipped for this. Or um, I am the worst of them all. Look at all these people. So the imposter syndrome and comparities and comparing yourself to other people. And, um, you know, so there's that kind of second guessing yourself. And then you get a message from someone who says, oh, I need an order for something, something, something. Um, But this happened. And I say, oh, okay, this happened. Why don't we skip your vitamin C serum this cycle? 
because this happened. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm not skipping my vitamin C serum because that happened. I'm just telling you a story. This has got nothing to do with my product. I definitely want my DYS product. And that touches you in a different way because you think, oh, I'm trying to help them. And they get really upset. No, don't help me. I want my products. I definitely want my product. I'm just telling you a story about something completely unrelated. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm that broke that I, can't, that I can't get my skincare range. Okay, don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I don't want to stand between you and your skincare products, you know. So those kind of stories, you know, just remind you that you're doing, you're helping people, you're doing what you can to help people. But um, I'm still in the process of completely owning it. And this is me being 100% truthful. Mm-hmm. And so important, right, to know where you are in that journey. And like we talked about, we're on the spiral. So you, you'll come around to it when it's the right time. But I love those echoed commonalities in those two stories, right? And just seeing too, that you're already having the impact. So even when you haven't 100% adopted or adapted to the passion, you can still engage and mm-hmm. offer this up to individuals. That's pretty amazing. Well, we've heard lots of beautiful ways through connection and solution building and embracing passions and listening to others. How would you say that you see yourself for the health of all things? The most important thing to me, which I've only arrived at, in 2021 is to make people feel loved, feel wanted. Everything else is on top of that. If my skincare product does not make you feel confident, does not make you feel loved, does it not make you feel like you deserve to be here, then it's not the right one for you. I want you to feel loved. I want you to feel wanted. I want you to feel confident. I want you to know that there's this place for you on the earth at this time that you can fill with all of you fully. And I want you to bring your best face to that. Mm. That is what is my passion. That's what what my heart is. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And I love the illustration. You said everything else is on top of that. And so many times when we have a priority, we say that's first, right? And everything else is secondary and under but you're illustrating it's the foundation, right? So it's the groundwork of everything. And then you can build those other pieces. So I really love that perspective. Thank you for sharing that and for bringing that forward in such a real intangible way. You know, we might think skincare can seem very superficial, right? All pun intended, but can be so meaningful as well to how we feel about ourselves and how we see ourselves in the world. Thank you. Thank well, please you. do share with everyone where they can find you and the work that you're doing in this virtual world in which we reside. I'm on Facebook. I've got a Facebook page with lots of videos about different skincare topics. Um, and it's do- uh, Dr. Yinka Skin. I'm on Instagram as Dr. Yinka Skin. I've just joined t- TikTok. Oh, <laughs> I was saying to you earlier on, I've just joined TikTok. So um, go follow me on TikTok at uh, at Dr. Yinka Skin as well. So on all my platforms, I'm Dr. Yinka Skin. Excellent. And we'll share those in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to stay with me here, share your story and illustrate such beautiful potential for health. 
And before we go, um, so I will offer all your listeners um, £20 off because the prices are in pounds, um, £20 off the um, Vital 4, which is the four skincare products in the range. And if you go to my website, Dr. Yinka Skin, um, at, uh, Dr. skin.co.uk, .co.uk, um, forward slash products. And if you put DYS20 at uh, the checkout, you get £20 off the Vital 4. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's so generous. We'll make sure to put that in the notes as well. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy to speak with you here today and to connect. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Osteopathic Life, Conversations for the Health of All Things. Please take a moment to like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you would like to be featured as a guest or know someone you'd like to nominate as a guest for an episode, please let me know at thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com. Visit the website at thisosteopathiclife.com or visit me on Instagram and Facebook at This Osteopathic Life. Thank you so much for listening.